I see you shiver with anticipation. The anticipation is indeed at its peak as we approach the 24-hour mark until the start of the college football playoff semifinal. The Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State, Clemson. We've talked about it for three weeks. We've looked at the analytics from every angle. We've done all the matchups, the personnel, you name it. It's time to get down to business. Coming up today on Lock on Buckeyes podcast, I am your show host, Kyle Lamb, and we are going to talk one final time about Ohio State Clemson, what it takes for the Buckeyes to win, and I'll get my final calls, my thoughts, analysis on what's going to happen on Saturday. Also, we've been counting down, counting upward, I should say, the top five wins of the last 25 years for Ohio State. Today, I will give you number five. We had number one, Miami, number two, Alabama, number three, Michigan in 2006, and number four, Oregon National Championship in 2014. So today, I will give you number five. And also, Ohio State basketball, number two in the AP poll, has another big game coming up this weekend. Sunday against number 22, West Virginia. That game is in Cleveland. Noon on Sunday, we'll preview that game. So, lots to talk about today. Ohio State, Clemson, final thoughts coming up in just a minute. Lock on Buckeyes podcast is brought to you by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. Licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Check them out at jfqlending.com. Lock on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Please tell a friend, tell a family member, spread the good word about Lock on Buckeyes. Make sure you find and follow us on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any number of your favorite pod- podcasting platforms, or simply say, play the Lock on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8, and check out the show at Lock on Buckeye. I'm not going to hold my prediction until the end of the episode today because, quite frankly, there's not much suspense in it. If you've been listening to the Locked on Buckeyes podcast here the last three weeks, you know what I think of this matchup. You know what I think of the media's coverage of this matchup. You know what I think of the perception of the public at large of this matchup. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's accurate. I don't think it's fair to Ohio State. I'm not going to call Ohio State a victim here, but they are getting shortchanged in the respect department. Let's just be honest. Let's, Let's be frank here. This is not equal talent. I know that's shocking for people to believe, but look at the roster, folks. Ohio State has like 25 more four and five star players on the roster. Sure, at the very, very top of the roster in terms of number of future stars in the NFL. Clemson is probably there with Ohio State. Trevor Lawrence, top five, top 10 pick. I don't think he's a guarantee to be the number one pick in the NFL draft as a quarterback next year. I don't think that's a guarantee, but he's going to be drafted high. Ross, Higgins, total stars. Simmons on the defensive side of the ball, total star. They do have elite players. Make no mistake about it. They're talented. But 1 through 22, 1 through 44, 1 through 85, Ohio State is the better team. They have more talent. That is a fact. As much as it can be a fact. It's still subjective. I'm just being argumentative a little bit. But it is a fact, in my opinion, that Ohio State is the more talented team. They have been the better team. Statistically speaking, 
Ohio State and Clemson have actually been very, very comparable this year. They are number one and number two in scoring margin in FBS football this season. But you have to remember that's raw, that raw stats. When you actually adjust for competition, when you adjust for who they played, when you consider the conference, out of conference, Ohio State actually wound up putting up a decent out of conference schedule. Florida Atlantic, a pretty good team. Miami, Ohio, not a great team, but they won the MAC. Cincinnati, a very good team, top 25 right now. Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, all top 15 teams. Ohio State played a schedule this year. Clemson did not. When you factor in that competition, Ohio State's production was far more impressive than what Clemson did. Clemson gets credit for this. They took care, after that North Carolina game, where they really struggled, they got it together, and they beat teams the way they should have beaten them. There is no denying that. There's no harm in saying, hey, Clemson got to this point doing what they should have done against this schedule. Now, it's not their fault that they played one of the worst schedules in college football, and it was bad. It was almost a full 20 games worse in terms of winning percentage than their schedule last year, which wasn't great to begin with, but it was a lot better than this year. It's not Clemson's fault they didn't play anybody, but they didn't play anybody. And we have to take that into account when trying to project what's going to happen on Saturday. Clemson is a good team. Ohio State is a great team. If you want to say Clemson is a great team, then I'll go you one better, and Ohio State is a historically great team. We've talked all season long. I've Well, basically since midseason when I launched this Locked On Buckeyes podcast. We've, we've discussed since October how good Ohio State is in the context of the all-time greatest teams. They're up there, one of the greatest BCS playoff era teams. They're up there in one of the greatest scholarship era teams. Scholarship limit era, I should say. They are historically good. Double-digit wins 13 times in a row. They have not truly been tested for four quarters consecutive. Wisconsin got them, took it into fourth quarters, into the fourth quarter, I should say, but Ohio State pulled it away and dominated the second half in the kind of fashion that you would expect of a great team. So is Clemson good? Absolutely they are. They're one of the four best teams in college football. They belong in this game. I would argue Ohio State does not belong here because Ohio State was the best team in the country this year, period. You cannot change my mind on that. The stats, the analytics, the eyeballs, the resume, whatever you want to look at. I am convinced Ohio State was the deserving, most deserving, not that LSU isn't deserving, but Ohio State was the most deserving and the best team in the country. They should have been number one. But that's not Clemson's fault. Clemson is where they belong. Clemson is a really good team. They're capable of beating Ohio State on Saturday. Don't think I'm getting too big for my britches here. It may sound to some of you like I'm getting carried away, like I'm guaranteeing Ohio State's victory. I'm not doing that. There's a real chance that Clemson could show up and win. Ohio State could have an off day. 
Clemson could have a really good day. But if both teams show up and play their best, Ohio State wins this game. If Ohio State plays a B game, a B-minus game, and and Clemson plays an A game, Ohio State wins. I mean it. Ohio State does not have to play their best to win this game. They can get away with their B game and still win. That's how much better I think that they are. So I'm not saying Ohio State is going to win, but I'm saying if they show up and play a good game or a great game, they will win. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're faster from 1 to 22. Maybe not faster in certain spots, but the entire field considered they're faster. Bigger, stronger, faster, deeper, more physical. And that's the big one right there. That's what I've been resting my laurels on this game, trying to look at it from every direction. Is I think Ohio State is the more physical team. I really believe tomorrow that Ohio State is going to win, win up front, both on the offensive side of the ball, that offensive line, and how about that news coming from Arizona on Thursday that it appears Thayer Munford, Wyatt Davis, and Josh Myers are all going to return to Ohio State next year. How's that for news, right? That's scary to think Justin Fields will have pretty much his entire line back next year, just about. Along with Master Teague, Marcus Crowley, all those receivers, those tight ends. That's a really good offense for next year, folks. So that's huge news right there. We won't have much time to talk about that. We'll probably get into it more in the offseason. But Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers, and Thayer Munford, it appears, all coming back for next year. But I think that offensive line will push around and bully Clemson's defensive line. I really believe so. Defensively, Chase Young and the Ohio State defensive line, I think, will wear down the Clemson offensive line. Especially if they get up, if Ohio State gets up early and Ohio State can tee off and rush Trevor Lawrence, if they're not able to run the ball very effectively, very consistently. They can wear down the Clemson offensive line. Look, this Clemson offensive line is good. It's very senior-laden. And then Jackson Carmen as well. But I don't think it's a great offensive line. You heard Ross say it yesterday on Locked on Buckeyes. He doesn't think they have been able to push teams around consistently in the run game. So I think the really underrated aspect of this matchup is... Ohio State pushing Clemson to a four-quarter game that Clemson has not been since North Carolina, and they haven't been against a physical team. Will they wear down in a four-quarter game against a team like Ohio State? Ohio State just did it for three straight games. Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. Three weeks in a row, they were able to withstand top 10 teams being pushed to the brink a little bit. Michigan didn't quite get it to four quarters. Penn State did. Wisconsin did. And Ohio State survived all three of them. They've been through these battles now. Clemson has not been through the battle. So when people say, when people point out Clemson's schedule, it's not that because they didn't play anybody that that means they're going to lose to a team like Ohio State. But that really is an unknown. We do not know how Clemson will handle a four-quarter battle against a physical team. And I think that that is a handicap. I think that's a vulnerability. You can't go an entire season 
not being pushed to the brink and being equipped to handle it the first time it finally comes December 28th. It's not to say they can't handle it, that they absolutely won't survive. But man, if you're Clemson and you, if you really are having an honest moment, if you're a fan or a coaching staff or a player behind closed doors, if you're having an honest moment, you can't tell me that you think it's a good thing. You haven't been pushed to the brink the entire season and you might be for the first time on Saturday. I think that is an underrated aspect of the matchup. I think the physicality, the toughness could wear Clemson down. They could be the absolute best, most well-conditioned team in the country, but they haven't been game-tested. They haven't been asked to play four quarters all season long, and to do so against one of the most talented and best teams in the country, that's not a recipe for success. All of this is the long way to say, I'm not trying to guarantee victory because Clemson is good. But there is a lot more to meet than meets the eye here with Ohio State in this matchup. So much that the national media and analysts and pundits have not considered. They're, I don't know, maybe they don't want to consider it. But Ohio State has a lot going for it. If it is as tough and physical on both lines as I think they are, I think they win this game. So I'm going to make my final prediction. We'll talk a little bit more about it here in the last segment. We'll also talk about Ohio State basketball. But I'm going to put my final prediction out right now. Ohio State 38, Clemson 24. Yes, I think the Buckeyes win by two touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Ohio State has one of those wow moments on Saturday. One of those games that gets everybody talking and saying, yeah, that team, they're really good. I feel it coming. I really do. I have not wavered in three weeks. I've looked at the analytics. I've watched some Clemson games. Of course, I watched a bunch of them during the year, but I've watched some more since. Everything about this that I watch, I become more steadfast in my belief that Ohio State is the better team. The better team doesn't always win, but this is not equal talent situation. This is not an equal team situation. Ohio State is the better team. They are the more talented team. Don't let anybody tell you differently. I'm not disrespecting Clemson. They are a good team, but they're not the juggernaut that they're being made out to be. They did their part. They ran through a very weak schedule this year. It's not their fault. They did what they had to do. They played the games that were on their schedule in front of them. But doing so, playing those games, masked some deficiencies. How they would translate and stack up against better teams has been hidden because they haven't had to do it. And I think they're going to get, for lack of a better term, I would say exposed on Saturday. And I hate that term because I don't want to imply that there is something to expose about Clemson. I don't think they have a lot of flaws, a lot of weaknesses, but I think that there are ways and areas that Ohio State will exploit them. I think you'll see it on Saturday. I really do. Not guaranteeing anything. I know better. I've been around the block. Better team doesn't always win. Even if I think Ohio State, if everything I say about Ohio State and Clemson is true, it doesn't mean Ohio State's going to win. All that could be true and they could still lose. 
some of that could be completely wrong. You know, I could be way off the way up base. I don't think I am, but I could be way off base and Ohio state could still win big anyway. So none of this translate to automatic success, but I think Ohio state wins. I'm calling 38, 24. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it coming up next. The number five win of the last 25 years for Ohio State in our series of the top five. I'll tell you what it is next. The race for number five, the number five win of the last 25 years for Ohio State football, as voted by you, the listener, was a close one, an extremely close nail biter. It came down to three separate wins over that team up north. 2001, 2002, and 2016. Of course, you remember 2001 was the trendsetter by Jim Trestle. He came in, he promised Ohio State fans they would be proud of Ohio State on the field and in the classroom, but more specifically on the field up there in Ann Arbor, Michigan later that fall. And boy, did he ever deliver on that promise. That 2001 win was not a a historic win from the standpoint of talent, expectations, or anything in particular on the line except just pride. Just making it known to Ohio State fans and faithful that the fortunes in the game were about to change. And they did. The very next year, in fact, 2002, the other, one of the other ones in the race here for number five. 2002 was the real statement. 2001 got the ball rolling, but it didn't mean anything until they beat Michigan in Columbus the next year to cap off an undefeated season, to go on to the BCS National Championship and beat Miami. If they had lost to Michigan in 2002, I wonder what we would think of the Jim Trussell era. How would the rest of the era turned out? That game got the monkey off the back for Ohio State. It got the ball rolling. And even though, yeah, they lost to, to Michigan up in Ann Arbor the very next year, that win let off 10 years of frustrations for Ohio State fans. It really did. It, it changed the complexion of the rivalry for good. And then there was 2016, the other Michigan win in the race here for number five. Of course, that was a double overtime game. And that was a lot like 2002 from the standpoint, even though Urban Meyer had already got a running start on Michigan, he was undefeated. There was the hope, parentheses, delusion by the Michigan faithful that Jim Harbaugh was going to turn the rivalry around. And for two and a half almost three quarters, it kind of looked at like that 2016 game was going to change the complexion of the rivalry. But then JT Barrett happened. The Ohio State defense happened. The run game for Ohio State happened. And of course, Jim Harbaugh gifted the Buckeyes a 15-yard penalty due to his temper. And Ohio State wound up coming back to win. And as such, I assume because of those things, those reasons, that is why you, the listener, voted the 2016 version of Ohio State-Michigan the number five win 
in the last 25 years over 2001 and 2002. I can make a case for all of these games. I don't think you could have gone wrong with any one of them. I personally would have gone for 2002 because of how much it meant to get over the hump and into the national championship. I think that that win in particular probably changed the complexion of Ohio State football ever since. I really do think so. 2016 is a more recent win. It was important not to minimize it. I probably would have gone 2002. But you, the listener, decided as a whole, 2016 was slightly more important, slightly bigger win for Ohio State. And it was a big win because I think it reset a tone. If there was any possibility of Michigan taking ownership of this rivalry or at least making it competitive again, boy, that last quarter and a half of that game in 2016, it sure changed that in a hurry. It went from 17-7 to in the middle of the third quarter. Next thing you know, Ohio State's up 24-17 with a chance to win. Of course, Michigan sent it to overtime. They go into double OT. Everybody remembers the fourth and one call. And yes, sorry to say Michigan fans, but the spot was good. It was a first down. But Ohio State closed things off in double overtime with the Curtis Samuel win or the Curtis Samuel run for a touchdown and Buckeyes win. That was a really, really good win because I think that that was the first time that Michigan fans in a long time had hope and it extinguished that hope in the blink of an eye. I, I'm not, I don't know what would have happened if Michigan had held on to win that game. But maybe Michigan goes on to win the last two, last two seasons, last three seasons. Who knows what would have happened? But by Ohio State coming back in that game, winning in double overtime, that was a critical win for the rivalry. There, it's, it's really interesting because there are so many wins over Michigan in the past 15 years, you could have pointed to 2004 got a lot of votes. 2005, the comeback with Troy Smith got a lot of votes. So many different times in the course of the rivalry, you could point to it for Ohio State since the late 90s, since Jim Trestle took over in 2001, really. So many times, the win over Michigan has been a critical point in not only the success, success against Michigan itself, but the success, success, I don't know why I'm having such a difficult time talking today, but it's having had a big success in the program's trajectory as a whole. The win over Michigan in any given year is so big for the program because you get a stew on it for 365 days. It's a program-defining moment. It's a season-defining moment. It's a chance to go out and recruit with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. And that's why, not surprisingly, there were three really big Ohio State wins over Michigan in the race for number five. But 2016 is your number five win of the last 25 years. Just FYI, the Rose Bowl 1997 win over Jake Plummer and the undefeated Sun Devils. That was number eight on the list. 2017 come from behind fourth quarter win JT Barrett over Penn State. That was number nine. And the 2014 boat racing of Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship, that was number 10. So 2016, double OT win over the Michigan Wolverines. That is your number five win of the last 25 years. Coming up, we'll preview 
the Ohio State basketball game against West Virginia on Sunday. And final thoughts heading into the Saturday Fiesta Bowl coming up next. I would say that coming up Sunday is that other huge game that you're thinking about right now, but I know better. You're not thinking much about it, and I don't blame you. Everybody is worried about what's going to happen 8 p.m. Saturday night. There's no doubt that should be your focus. But for those of you that are also basketball fans, there's another pretty big showdown coming down, coming up for Ohio State Sunday afternoon. It's Ohio State number two in the AP, number one in your hearts, also number one in Ken Pomeroy's rankings for that matter, going up against number 22, West Virginia. That's up at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland at high noon on Sunday. Artist formerly known as Gund Arena, formerly known as Quicken Loans Arena, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, 12 noon Sunday, Ohio State number two, West Virginia number 22. This is another really big test for Ohio State. Now, I will say this. West Virginia has been a little bit lucky. They're a very good defensive team. Their offense has not been very good. They're a poor shooting team, a lot like Kentucky. And they don't have the offensive talent that Kentucky has. They actually have the number 48 ranked offensive efficiency in the country right now. They're very, very defense-oriented. They average almost five blocks a game. They're very long up front. Very good defensively in the paint. They've also been very good defensively on the perimeter. Opponents are shooting just 24% from three-point range, but that is where I say they've been a little bit lucky. Because the thing about three-point percentage defensively is you actually don't control your opponent's three-point shooting percentage very much, believe it or not. It's been shown that you'll generally fall within a couple percentage points above or below the national average. Because the theory here is your talent in defending three-point shots comes with not allowing them in the first place. If you close out properly and defend them properly, chances are the opponents are not going to take three-pointers in the first place. So with West Virginia, when you see a a three-point defensive percentage like 24%, it means that they're being a little bit lucky because even if they're defending them well and running teams off of the line, they're getting a little lucky in that opponents are just simply not making them at a higher percentage. You would expect that to regress a little bit. And by season's end, generally most teams fall back towards at least 30%. Three-point defense, you'll you'll find 90% of the teams will fall between 30% and 36 or 37%. So West Virginia has the 18th best defensive efficiency in the country. This is a really good game for Ohio State. They're playing a team that will defend them. It's going to be a big problem for Caleb Weston, Kyle Young, and guys to finish at the rim because these guys, as I said, they block like five, five shots a game. They're very, very good defensively up front and on the perimeter. Not as good on the perimeter as up front, but but they really challenge shots at the rim. Overall, teams are shooting just 36% against them, which is very comparable to Ohio State. They're one of the top 10 defensive shooting teams, shooting defensive teams in the country. So Ohio State has their hands full with West Virginia defensively. I expect Ohio State to win this game, 
because they are better and more talented on the offensive side of the ball, I think the regression could come into effect just a little bit. West Virginia has only one or two shooters offensively that they have to honor. Ohio State does have to pay attention to McNeil, who's shooting like 43%. He's their, he's their big-time shooter. Everybody else is just kind of keep an eye on, but you don't have to worry about them shooting a lot. So Ohio State, number two in the AP poll this week. West Virginia, number 22 in the AP poll. A chance for Ohio State to get yet another quality win away from home. They already have wins at or at North Carolina, Kentucky, Cincinnati, and Villanova at home. Penn State at home, which is, remember, Penn State's a top 25 team as well. So a chance for Ohio State to add yet another top 25 win to their resume. Again, that is coming up Sunday at noon in Cleveland. The old Gund Arena slash Quicken Loans Arena now known as Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So Ohio State basketball, stay out late, party, watch the Buckeyes out in Arizona, hopefully come with a Fiesta Bowl win against Clemson, then get up Sunday. If you go to church, get out of the, the early mass and then come home and watch your Buckeyes, the number two team in the country, play basketball against a pretty good Bob Huggins, West Virginia squad. Should be a fun weekend. We've got so much to talk about. We'll recap Uh, Ohio State, obviously Ohio State's game against Clemson on Monday, but we'll also recap the basketball game as well. So this is it. It's time. All All the time for previewing, analysis, talking about this game, it's done and over with. It's time to go to bed tonight, get your Zs, do some pre gaming on Saturday if you're not already out in Arizona. And who knows, as Brent Musburger says, maybe it'll be time to party, Columbus. We got a lot to talk about. Locked on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Find and follow us if you haven't done so already. Tell a friend, tell a family member, whoever. Spread the good cheer, the joy of the podcast if you would. We're having a lot of fun doing it. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye. We'll be back Monday. We'll talk about it all. Hope you enjoy the game and enjoy your weekend, everybody.